for landscapes, it's not about I want to chill. And that's that's the part where I don't want to make that a full time. I just want to chill, enjoy it, take a, one photo or two, step aside, take one deep breath, space out. Think of what your next move is or think what you need to do and just free yourself for, for those five minutes. Free yourself and you'll feel good right after that. Welcome to the Creator's Mind, sharing stories of creatives, inspiring you to chase your dreams. I'm your host, Justin Ortiz. Hey everyone, I hope y'all are holding up throughout this quarantine period, finding ways to stay positive and creative throughout these times. I'll be starting a new weekly segment, catching up with former guests to see how they're keeping busy, so stay tuned for that. This week, I'm excited to introduce Saki Bustos. Saki is a San Francisco native-based photographer, and in this interview, Saki shares his point of view of how San Francisco changed over the years, what he thinks about while shooting, and the importance of valuing your time. With that, let's get started. Saki, thank you so much for being on the podcast, brother. It is great having you on. Thank you, man. I appreciate being on it. So can you give the listeners a little bit about yourself, about where you're from and what do you do for a living? So I'm not that much people know. I'm, I was born in Palm Springs. And I came to San Francisco in 95. And then ever since then, I just lived out here. I do live for full time just because I could spend time and balance out time with my family and my, my wife um, and do a lot of photography as well. It gives me time to do what I love to do. Nice. So before Lyft and driving around or even before Palm Springs, did you were you um, both Filipino? So did you grow up in the Philippines or did you? No, I was born here. Mm-hmm. I was born... My mom and dad were petitioned by by my grandma, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, ever since then we just like moved from Palm Springs to, for no, actually Palm Springs to San Diego because my my little brother was born in San Diego, San Diego to the Bay nice. by ninety five. Okay, before you were driving, you kind of had a nine to five and everything else. You kind of did that, kind of went to school. I kind of want to talk about that, like your your background in the city and you just growing up and how did that come to be on but not just a photography journey but the life journey of high school to where you are now okay so i yeah i had a nine to five i was enjoying it for a bit i started really young uh, i remember it used to be like when you're back in the days when you were young you wanted to get those driver's license and everything like that i was excited for it and then at the same time there's jobs available while while in high school i wasn't really a good kid in high school but it was it is what it was you know but uh, besides the point the nine to five job it gave me a lot of experience and it actually helped me socialize a lot my first my, my first job was the valet and it helped me socialize because you had to actually talk to people and uh I was so nervous talking to people asking how long they're going to stay or anything like that. But it also it it made my skills grow uh, throughout the years. So what kind of skills do we besides just talking to people like just customer service man and then uh, patience in life also, and it also taught me just to how to approach someone mm-hmm. and not judge them by who how they look like or you know and everything you know just stay humble all the time and keep a smile on the face even though you're right and they're sometimes wrong you know <laughs> so you know it, that's where patience uh came the key and it taught me a lot in life dude patience is a lot 
I never rush for anything. I just wait or like if it comes my way, I go with the flow with life pretty nice. much. And then you just make sure you said you started that as your first job. Yeah, I had like to get like a 15 and a half or 16 when you first got your yeah, license. It, 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 was, it was hard too because I had to get the, the work permit from the school mm-hmm. and then maintain a certain grade point average was, you know, it was kind of tough too. But also I played for the basketball team as well. So I had to maintain at least, you know, the 2.8, which is yeah. all right now. So that that also helped in factor too. It actually got me going in school and everything. I was doing good in school, but and uh, it, I didn't really like it. I was just doing it so that I could work and I could uh, play ball. Play ball. Pretty nice. much what I love doing. After high school, going to college, like how did that transition happen? Did you end up going to school did you not like uh i was gonna take a year break because my friends were telling me like yeah we need a break for high school and stuff i wasn't really listening to them plus my mom was really strict so i ended up taking community college for it uh i finished my community college and everything at the city uh city college in san francisco and after that i took a break a one-year break then i went to the philippines Nice. In 2012. <laughs> yeah. And the college out there, when going into college, it was a whole new culture, man. I, But I wanted to learn about my own culture, too, because I didn't have any, any knowledge or anything of it. I yeah. just know how to speak the language. Or, like, I understand the language, but I did not speak it. And then they did things a little different out there than over here. Two things that you just that kind of struck my mind was that that gap year aspect of things, you know, like, taking a year break because I'm still struggling like that. Like I, I didn't take a year break after college and I really, really wanted to. So I might do that soon and just kind of drop everything like work wise and just take a year. Don't do it, man. Mm. You'll get lazy. Don't do it. Yeah. You don't do it. I think looking back, if I, if I really did stay, stick with the, the whole planning out of the year. Yeah. I think I would have uh, finished even more, like finished what I wanted to do. Yeah. But, it is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> for me, I think it's it's like kind of pressing a reset for me because I, I still like right now I'm trying to get my master's and I want to finish that up first, you know, like and just kind of reset because my master's is not what I, it's not. It's kind of different because I did medicine, sports medicine, and then I'm trying to do uh, an MBA online MBA program. But the year break is mainly for like just a, a readjust because for me, it's like we just get lost in the hustle and bustle things that sometimes we kind of get lost in the grind that we kind of forget why we're grinding and i feel like for me right now that that is it like i'm still grinding but it's like we get lost in it you know sometimes you gotta readjust this city is a lot of grinding i mean going to your answering your growing up here when i was growing up here i was staying at a place with my parents in the in the soma when it was the original soma from from fourth to six was soma i mean it still is but they extended all the way to i don't know um 11th but <laughs> yeah in my area i fr- we first started off of howard street and we were living in one room and then a room with six yeah six people yeah, so room is six the whole family, the whole yeah. Family. So I was sleeping on the floor. My sister was sleeping on the bed with my mom and my dad. 
and my sister uh, my other brother was too and after a while I knew that we had to get out so we we moved uh, we moved out to um, six in Mina which is not just up one block uh, and it was still a bad area but it was better than what we were living in before so we were we were buried for a little bit uh, my dad was working and then I want that's totally the reason why I wanted to work too this half out when I was a kid um, my mom was going to school while my dad was working they, that happened for like a good two years during high school two years three years and I, I was lucky enough to work and help out a little bit yeah so and then growing up in the streets it was it was rough when back in what was it, 10 years yeah it was it was rough in the summer there was a lot of shooting there's a lot of just a lot of jumping man mm-hmm. if you're in the wrong block yeah definitely you'll get jumped have you gotten Yes, I have. I've I've rapped before the Sixth Street, and it was run by like a couple of my cousins, and I just got pretty bad influence from it. And, mm-hmm. But it also it was bad, but it also made me aware of everything. Especially now, when you're when you're carrying your gear and everything, I hear all these stories about people getting jacked left to right in Oakland and stuff like that. People telling me that it's dangerous like yeah it's dangerous but you gotta know your surroundings too when you're walking you can't just be busting out your camera and this and stuff like that you gotta know when to bust it out you need you need to know where you are for one and if you're in the wrong spot you're definitely gonna be a target yeah and especially like i mean people carry these big backpacks man that's a big target in general if you if you know what you're shooting I would say just bring the gear that needs to be that just needs to be there, and then just put it on a small, small little backpack, a sling or something. Doesn't it look like so obvious that you're carrying like expensive equipment? You know, I carry a sling. I only use two lenses <laughs> or one. Sometimes only one, and I carry the sling. And people think that's just a regular bag. You know, they don't know what's in it. But if they see a backpack, and then like someone's holding a tripod or anything, yeah, they know that's gear. Yeah, and they're gonna go for it. Dang. And people are money hungry here now, just because of everything, the inflammation and everything here. We were we were paying for a three bedroom, eight hundred bucks. That three bedroom now is twenty four hundred. It's still cheap for a three bedroom, but yeah. you gotta consider the parking too. Like parking now is like four hundred a slot. Parking used to be free when you buy your apartment here. Dang, yeah. you saw that change in the city. I saw that change. Yeah, and I got. I kind of got lost in the loop when I went to the Philippines for a good two years. I came back. My mom was telling me how high the rent was and how we had to pay the apartment. And all this new tech came out. I, was, I felt like I was a, like a <laughs> fresh Filipino into the city again. <laughs> you were out, you're out in two years. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what? what? That changed? But I was here for when dot-com crashed. And that changed the city, too. How so? Because I never, we never really hear about the dot-com crash. So, dot-com... I, Oh, I haven't. I was like super young when I was like. So dot com when dot com was doing good, and when it crashed, man, and I remember everything was going expensive too at the time because of dot com. And then when they announced that in the news, I remember walking down Financial District or even driving, uh, driving down it, and you just see papers all over the floor flying. I know something that you see in the movies, right? You see like papers flying like in the whole street and people packing up. You see all these U-Hauls, these four by fours, trucks, packing of equipment. And it just became complete ghost town. Like so silent. Like the city, the city wasn't busy. Everyone packed up and left the next day. 
all the offices were cleaning out and stuff like that, and then everything dropped again, and every every native was pretty happy <laughs> when that happened. And, I got you know, my like, city back. Yeah, they got the city back and running. But I remember when when that happened, and it was it was a, it was a big thing. Uh, everyone was excited. Everyone was also, but also at the same time, a couple of restaurants lost you know income from it and stuff like that. Business went out. You know, like. I, I wanted to do something over here, like a hundred portrait uh, of San Francisco, but all the all the old family restaurants with their recipes and stuff are all closed down now. I, I wanted to do it, but I can't. Yeah, because they're all gone already. Dang, dang, that's still a little crazy. You saw that change. I had back into the Philippines when you left and you came back. What also struck me was like. When you said discover your culture and like what it means to be like, you know, like understand and be Filipino. Like I'm like in that struggle right now, you know, personally, just what does that mean to be like, you know, proud Filipino and proud of your culture and everything else. So that was because I don't know the language and I'm trying to trying to learn Tagalog, you know, so that that's interesting. Just being even close to that because more I get older, the more like my parents are not getting any younger. And then it's like, dang, I got to figure out a way to preserve it because I kind of get lost with it. I think. Personally, for me, is that my parents were working so hard. We kind of got adjusted into the American culture. They didn't, like, we're shy of it. They just didn't really expose us more to it besides just the language, you know? Just so, like, okay, like, we're in a new area. We should adjust to a new area. It was, like, a good thing and bad thing at the same time because now I want to learn about it. And it just, now it's, like, harder. So I got to really make sure I get time because I don't live with my parents anymore. Like, I was... It was it was interesting. So, what did you get from living in the Philippines and like understanding your cultural heritage? Um, I gained a lot, man, a lot of inf- information. And now, now that you look back to when you when your parents are super strict on you and stuff like that, now you know where that comes from, and you now you know how humble they are and stuff like that. Before, when my mom used to give stuff away, I'd be like, "Why are you giving all that away?" You know, and stuff like that. And it's just the culture in general. So what was that? When you saw that culture, like, oh, that's why my parents did that. Yeah, it's they're they're very humble. It's yeah. a, a very humble world, man. When when I first was there, when when school started, everyone introduced each other and stuff like that. We went straight into books. It was not like the whole American thing. When I got to know people within a week or so, and that I remember missing a day of school, and all you all you hear on your on your phone and everything is text. Are are you okay? Did you want me to take notes down and stuff like that for you? And you know, that shows like a lot of care, dude. Because over here, they don't give when you know they don't give two fucks about you. <laughs> like it's like you, I do miss school. Who cares? Over there, they care about each person that's in that class because that is that is your batch. So that what I learned is like the batch there is your whole family technically everyone looks out for each other it's not like hey can you do me a favor and take these notes for me just because i don't want to go to school yeah if you're missing out in school there they'll take notes for you just because that they don't want you to be behind because they know the curriculum is very extensive which is it is it's very extensive it's it's like this we have there's no summer school straight straight school to all year around i mean there's no break for summer okay all the way Monday, Friday, 7 a.m. till whatever classes you sign up to. It goes up to 8 to 10 o'clock. I remember having a night class, 8 to 10. Get home, ex- exhausted. And I'm not used to it. Yeah. Because over here, it's just till 5, 6 o'clock, right? Yeah. Culture-wise, too, um, if you go around people, people over there, they, they love just people who 
love how they cook their stuff and they don't over you know they don't want to do it for the money they do it out of love yeah know? so if someone's cooking and they eat their stuff they love that man they appreciate <laughs> everything what you do or who you are they don't judge you and if there is like a problem there's no yelling back and forth like whose fault it is if you get in an accident they'll talk to, they'll talk to you about it and uh they'll have like a good conversation and settle it that way. And not yelling over, like over here. They yell at you. Oh, you did it. Because you were too close. You know, if you're tailgating someone, you hit them. Like, that's how it is. Like, it's so humble over there. Yeah. It's like figuring out the solution versus just like pointing fingers. Yeah. To like. It's not stressful. Solution. Yeah. Okay. Not stressful at all over there. People <laughs> make you feel at home. You know, like I was telling my wife. I was like, I'm, I'm tired of America. <laughs> To be honest, I'm tired of it, how, how people are, like, just so mad now. I remember SF, it never used to be like that, too. SF used to be a humble place, a humble city. I remember getting in the Muni, and you could talk to anyone that just got off work or got off school, and you could have good conversation until they get off the ride. And then there's a, you know, when you hop in the bus now, you don't, you can't even see that anymore. You got people thinking that you're intruding their space when you just want to have good conversation, there's there's no social life mm-hmm. anymore. That was yeah, there's not none of it. It's yeah. all through text. Dude, that that's you saw a lot of culture shit with SF too, so that's kind of that's pretty nuts. Mm-hmm. It's uh it's a big change. So and people people don't even notice it too, like how how much it means to like just to even natives. talk to talk to anyone. Yeah. Like that's like the key thing of communicating. For the homeless situation I've never seen so much homeless in my life in SF, man, in each corner. Every morning I see more and more, just dropping off my wife, more and more in each corner, going down from Mission mission, from mission 10th all the way down to 2nd, just on the corners and living in just like on the roofs. When I was growing up, dude, I played for a rec center down where I used to live for the Soma community. And what we would do is we try to... As a team, we would try to fund like stuff for for the homeless. So every Sunday, we would go to Costco with our with our coach and um, go on Mina and Six and have like this big food stand for the homeless. It's just like we'll do it for we'll buy a lot of food till it gets you know it'll run out by four o'clock in the evening and stuff like that. We'll start like eight o'clock. And we'll buy a lot. That's when like there's good deals and stuff for mm-hmm. food too. So that's that's what we did every Sunday and Sunday, right after that we we'll go straight to church. I was a church boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I still go to church here and there, but not as much as when I was a little kid. When I was a when I was in high school, I was I was still going to church because I was still. Uh, it's good to be humble all the time. My mom always tells me, and my dad always tells me, always stay humble regardless without the thing even yeah. though if, if you're right and or you, they think you're they're right and you're, you're wrong. wrong yeah so i have that patience so because you know karma i believe in karma too mm-hmm. karma is a big thing <laughs> to me so i know that i didn't do anything wrong uh, so i just keep on going man yeah that's what i do go with the flow of life dang where it takes you so kind of back to the original original question <clears throat> was that after you went to the Philippines, you came back. What was life after that? You did your, you got your AA from City. 
Mm-hmm. And then you went to school in the Philippines. Did you transfer back to go to uni or another university? Like, what was that story? No, I didn't go back to, to school or anything. I kind of figured out, like, after college or after college there, there was no way to getting back in it because I know that I was pretty behind and I didn't want to do, redo the whole process. So I started working again and I got, I picked up a job. I wanted, it was, Good timing, actually. One of my buddies I used to work with at the Valley Company, he actually got was a hiring manager for for a good Valley Company that handled all the tech uh, locations. And yeah, he hooked up with a job, and he set me supervisor first, first starting, coming back, and then from there, area supervisor. And it was chill. To be honest, <laughs> it was chill as hell for a good year or two. And then I just started getting tired of it. Then uh, I was like, man, this is not for me. And I look back in the Philippines, too, because people don't really work as much over there. They enjoy life, and then they still could live. Mm-hmm. Over here, if you were to do that, you're homeless in the street, automatic. So I was comparing that a little bit, and I was like, you know what? So my One of my friends recommended me doing, like, one of my colleagues, and uh, when I was working for the valet company, it's like, why don't you do lift on the side for extra money? So I did... So I did that. Uh, I did a job from 62 and then took a break or went to like take a nap and then get on like lift or four to like 11 and do it every day. See that when, when we lift first started, it was good money. Still, and it's still good money, but it was better money back in the day. Of course, it's they're starting up, right? It was chain, chain no matter what it was. It was just, I was just pushing the button and just accepting every single one of them, no matter how far it was because I love driving too. Yeah. Like I was telling you before, it's like a meditation for me. I enjoy it. It, it uh, frees my mind and makes me think of what to do too. Like what's going on for it in life. That's where you're at now. Driving, lift and stuff, right? Yeah. Okay. Within that lifespan, like when did you pick up a camera, figure out this is like something you want to f- nurture and grow? Like what was that time period within everything? I picked up a camera. My first camera was that GoPro. And then I upgraded to, hey, GoPro Karma. <laughs> and, yeah, it, that didn't work out. I mean, GoPro was, to me, it was a little too wide. And yeah. it was it was nice, though, to have a wide angle and fish lens. What year was that? What year did you grab it? I think 2018. So fairly recent. Fairly recent. It was, I went through, yeah, I went through GoPro Hero 5, then to the Karma, then after the Karma to Moment Lenses. I was using the 50. D6 or 58 millimeter and uh and a wide lens from it and then after that my my loving wife she bought me a camera for to do photography but before then too i was already learning from the phone of like shutter speeds f-stop you know focal length and different types of lenses and so then when i whenever get one and save up for one i already know what to do i'm not going to be shuffling all the time and stuff like that and then just go shoot and when all that was happening, I just didn't know where to post. I started just posting on my uh, on my uh, my personal page for a minute, <laughs> and then I just made a new one. So then it looks uh, a little more yeah, a little formal and do something with it. And she said I was pretty good at it, and you know I took it even more further and started doing more and learning and researching on how to get better composition, how to edit correctly, and stuff like that. Yeah, that was, that's nice. where it started. That's nice. where it really started. I've, I've done it before, though. I've started with the Canon T6, and I was just shooting. And like I was telling you, too, before, um, I was looking back at my Facebook 
photos and dude, they're nothing compared to what <laughs> the photos I'm looking at right now. Yeah. I was just shooting too. At the time I was just shooting too. I, I would walk out of the house and just shoot, just shoot, shoot whatever catches my eye. And it was a good way for me to train my eye. And I, I really wanted to push forward. I mean, just because I, my father always was a drawer and he, he gave me a camera too before. And then I started shooting and they liked how I was shooting before. And they said that you have a gifted eye. You should try training it. My dad was saying. And from there, I just said, you know, realized that now I know what I love to do. And that was my outlet. And then from there, I started practicing from the phone or from, from the drone to the phone to another drone and to camera or to the camera to another drone. Dang. Yeah. So what it is, so from the T6, what is it now? Like, how is photography to you now as you're practicing training? Is it still that or is it still like... Yeah, I'm still practicing. Man. I'm I, I'm still finding what's that, what uh, I'm missing in, like, some photos. Like, composition-wise, I feel like composition's no... Uh, to me, it's still lacking a little bit. Other than that, a lot of people say composition is good, but to me, it's still off. And I want to still go out there and shoot every day and perf- not perfect it, but like get enough shots in to know what I could step out and know what settings to automatically put and stuff like that. You know? no. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's like it's like it'll become a second nature <sighs> instead of like fiddling with it. Yeah, instead of fiddling. I just want to run. I like I'm a running gunner, so you know, doing lift too. I I've encountered passengers. Who, asking me why what am i shooting uh, i sometimes when i see a good photo for street i'll take off my camera right with me i always take my camera with me doing lift and i'll just roll down the window and just take a quick snap following the stoplight and <laughs> <laughs> some customers be like hey that's some, some of them say it's wrong to do and some of them say I, you know they appreciate it yeah and some of you know, you know, some of them do follow me and everything, and I still connect with them. And some of them get prints from me and everything. And you know, it is what it is. I, uh, you know, I like to communicate with people, man. I like to talk to people, and if they open up that conversation, I will go on until the ride is over. But for the most part, if you're driving in the morning, people are just still out of it. I keep my mouth shut. <laughs> yeah, because sometimes when you try to talk to them, they don't. Yeah, they're they like, don't nah. budge. Like they nah. give you those one words. Yeah, okay. Working at a young age too, man, you mature pretty fast, mm-hmm. and you're you're working with people that are like five years, six years older than you, and you learn off them because that's what your group is. It's a bunch of like people that are like five years older than you, and you, have, and you learn off what what are they doing and how they handle situation and. I think that's what made me a strong person too. Like just learning off of, like people that are really older. My I never hung out with a group of people that was uh, in my age level before when I was young. But now I hang out with people that are a little younger and uh, a little older than me. So it varies. It varies. But when I was young, working and everything, I hung out with people like at twenties when I was fifteen, sixteen. I had cousins like twenty five, and they were teaching me stuff like that, what to do in certain situation and how to budget and, and all all this other stuff. So you got the applicable life lessons like super early. Yeah, pretty much. When I was meeting people it, it, in my age, I would think that, you know, they would think of my level too. But I, I keep forgetting that I grew up with the older age. So it's, that's how. <laughs> so it, it, for me, when they were doing things, I, I would be like, I would yeah. call it kid things. But really in that, in my age, that's what I should be doing. 
Yeah. But I wanted to do something more than that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can relate. I usually, when I was a kid, I was like hanging out with my older brother. And then he always had his friends over. So they're like four years older than me. So they were just like teach me all these lessons they learned in like the pitfalls. So I was like kind of. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Dude. It helps. It does help. And, you know, I'm glad that I learned early mm-hmm. because it also teaches you a lot of things in life when you're when you're growing up. As you grow, because you're already ahead of the game. And then once you develop more, you know how to react and say to someone, like, that's how I got to manage to throw that manager position. I was immature and stuff like that. Using what you know now, all the knowledge in that, is that first, you kind of figure out that 9 to 5 is not for you. You just did, you kind of do lift. What's your lifestyle like? You really want to live. Dude, my lifestyle, right now I'm actually living, I'm... I want to spend time, I want to balance my life with my wife, my family, you know, instead of like working all day, like I said again, during these lift rides, man, I I feel people that have, are forced to work, and it shouldn't be like that, man. This life is not all about working, grinding to where you live, or for to put money under a roof, you know? Mm-hmm. But the lifestyle I'm living right now is... I would say it's a chill lifestyle, and at the same time, I cover whatever I want at any given time because I could shut off. Mm-hmm. And you know, people gotta know that family is very important, and they're only here for a certain amount of time, man. So you know, you gotta cherish it, and then especially if you have a wife or your significant other, spend a lot of time with them because you never know what happens the next day. Yeah, especially with all this, you never know what's gonna go on, dude. So yeah. you gotta cherish every moment, and that's me. I I'll I want to cherish every single moment, every moment. Nice. So whoever wants wants to come along and shoot and everything, I'm with it. I'm I'm with it anytime, and I'm I'm happy that my wife is supporting it too. That's good. Because you know you get some people that don't support it, and it, it's hard to go out in your outlet. Mm-hmm. But you can't. Well, you know, you can't let anyone block what you love to do, too, at the same time. I'm glad that my wife is fully supportive of it. With photography just being a creative outlet right now, mm-hmm. what, do you, what do you see it trying to become? Is you still want to keep it a creative outlet, or do you try, are you trying to grow it into something more? So what do you, what's your goals for it right now? So my goals for it right now, landscape will be always more of the chill vibe of it, so... I'm getting into portraits, got myself a little flash, and uh, trying to do that as a side hustle with doing lifts, because lift gives me the opportunity to shut off, and if I have a client, I can go to them and take their photo, do like a quick hour shoot, and then get back on lift again and start making money. The only reason why I'm grinding too is, is for me and my wife also, and also to grow business in the Philippines as well, because eventually I will go out there. Eventually I will live because I'm like I said, man. If nothing drops here or nothing gets fixed here, it's not worth living yeah. here anymore. I'm sorry to say it now. Like I wanted, I would say like one of the natives now that are trying. It's getting to me, like from the driving point of view of uh, how how bad it is now from the people, just like this whole situation here, how expensive everything is, and it's you know it's you could do more. Yeah, <laughs> you could do way more in life, man. It's elsewhere. And be happy and not stress every day. I remember the lift passengers telling me, like, do you enjoy your job? And I was like, yeah, I do, man, because I spend it with my family and everything. I have time. 
He goes, man, I wish I'd had the same, but I'm forced to work. Like, you're just, and I told him, you're, you're not forced to work. You're doing it on your own cause. You could get yourself out of it. You just want to be up there. I told him straight up because I was like, I'm pretty sure you have friends that want to keep up with the hype and you want to keep be be with it. He goes, yeah, I do. And, the, and that's exactly, that's that's why you're forced to work because you have to pay your expensive rent, your your car, and everything. For hype. Just for the hype and, you know, just to live under a roof. You don't know. Time is very precious, man. Yeah. Very precious. If you don't know how to manage time and enjoy your life, then dude, you're just a walking robot. Dude. <laughs> Working every day, I, I can't do it anymore. I can't, man. It's it, t- requesting off, man. You can't tell me who... What time I can take off? This is my life, dude. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm at that point right now. Like I love, again, I love my job, I really do. But there's those small little nuances, like again, requesting time off. Like I don't even care if I don't get paid for it. Like I tell, like my managers was like, yeah, Justin, like you can't take three weeks off because you'll have two weeks of PTO. Like, well, if I get two weeks of PTO, just give me like no pay on the third week. It's like our policy doesn't do that. It's like, well, I'm you're not paying me, so how is that how how is that a bad thing? And then I was like, well, I already bought my ticket. Learning lesson: I can't get three weeks off. What you should do, like I told my brother too, is take a leave of absence, man, and see how it works because mm-hmm. they'll pay you for a leave of absence. Ooh. You take your leave of absence and uh, see how. It works. How well you live without it, and if you you can't live without it yet, then get back on it because you're on a leave of absence. Yeah. So take a leave of absence for what two weeks, a month, and then do your thing that you love doing, and then see how that goes, and just you know test the waters. Yeah. That's what that's what my gap year I wanted to do. You know, when you talk about taking a gap year, mm-hmm. like that's what I wanted. That's how I want to envision the gap, not just to stop, just to like to try something new out and see if it still calls me. Yeah. If it still does, then got to refigure his stuff out and re- refigure out some goals and my process. But if not, then I need to to walk away. You know, if it's not fitting my lifestyle, I need to sacrifice to kill like the old Justin. You know, I mean, like that's the hardest part. I think I saw this segment. I think Will Smith was doing uh, interviews for Bad Boys Three, and then he was like, "Are you willing to kill your old person that be- who you became?" To get to where you are, now you need to reinvent yourself to get yourself further. But are you willing to sacrifice, sacrifice that old person that got to where you are to reinvent yourself? And that's the scariest thing because now people identify you as that. Mm-hmm. You know, people judge who you look like now or based yeah. on jobs. I care to let less. Yeah, so that's like it's crazy for me. It's like, dang, do I sacrifice that career path I've been doing for like since I got out of high school, like a decade pretty much of my life to doing like something else, even though like this, that's, that was, that was the purpose for my gap year. Cause like I'm 2022 is like, I'm figuring out some major changes, you know, at least least give, give yourself a timeline. It's a journey, man. Yeah. Life is still a journey. It will be always, you just gotta go with it and see what aura you're feeling and everything. I don't know, man. It's, Looking back to it, it's it's been a wild, wild life. <laughs> I've been everywhere. Well, not everywhere, but like just been all over the place. I have friends too that graduated and everything, nursing and stuff like that, but they don't like doing it. Mm-hmm. They just want to do it for the money because they could live. See, that's that's a different story, man. That, doing I mean, it because you love it or doing it because you have to do it to live. Yeah, that's a whole story. And 
you know, you put yourself like that. You, you don't, you're not living your life the, the way that you want to. Yeah. And people need to, you know, people need to feel that they need to live their own life. They need to balance it out. It should be a balance. It should be a balance between your life and what you love to do and who you want to spend it with. Yeah. Kind of leading off into this next question is like the struggles. You know, it could be creative or life things, but what are the struggles you feel like you came across and like overcome them? Struggles? At first, I didn't have gear. I love photography. And then the struggle for me, I was shooting on the phone. Mm-hmm. I was struggling before and it was just hard for me to pull out pixels and stuff like that. And it, it, was, it was just really hard to edit. At one point, I was like, man, I need to get a, I was going to I was going to stop. <laughs> I was gonna stop. I was like, nah, I'm not gonna stop. I'm gonna keep pushing and try to say. And just struggles too for like photography. Probably getting clients would be a struggle because mm-hmm. there's a lot of people that kind of killed the portrait photography scene because they're getting in for the wrong reasons. And this is my main thing this year. I'm trying to focus in it. I'm trying to focus at it on more. At the same time, I need to get a full frame camera soon. But I want to perfect my work before I do upgrade. And that's with me just practicing every day and learning how to retouch and learning how to dodge and burn because that's what clients want now mm-hmm. these days. So the struggle there is uh, getting the clients, for one, and putting yourself out there. But I'll eventually get there. I'm just, you know, just working my way up. I just yeah. started. So, And then for, for landscapes, is for me, I don't think I struggle with, like landscapes or anything. I just, I just want to, for landscapes, it's not about what i'm struggling on it it's just i want to chill and that's that's the part where i don't want to make that a full time i just want to chill enjoy the take a one photo and enjoy the view man take a breather you i I do this every time i take one photo or two take uh step aside take one deep breath and space out space out think of what your next move is or think what you need to do and just free yourself for for those five minutes, free yourself, and you'll feel good right after that. Yeah, it's just like going to church, man. You go to church, you feel refreshed getting out, right? It feels exactly the same way, man. Mm-hmm. That's how it feels. You know, I'm not there to take a banger or anything. I'm just there to take a photo, relax. Whoever wants to shoot with me, enjoy with them, get to know them more, and just create more friends in the big this network and support this whole community, man. Yeah. Because there is a lot of good people in this community. I've met so many of them. I mean, I don't want to go down the list, but I've met so much good people here that need to be heard too. You know, like I've seen photographers here and now and people around the world just hitting up the classic spots I, mean, I, see, I see a lot of people just going up especially california <laughs> cali cali's like cali. especially the bay there's so many shots you could hit yeah but that's the most uh, yeah. not that much tourists know about the whole golden gate angles and stuff like that but for sure cali and you know it's good people man you meet those good people and they always invite you if you're ever in their city they'll show you around yeah you know and that's a good thing because when you travel so I'm trying to make, like capture all these places while we're still young and get to travel before we settle down and have a kid. And I want to travel first before I have a kid too. Because <laughs> I know I won't be traveling a lot. Yeah. Or even taking photos. But the moment I have a kid, it's definitely all focused on my kid. And maybe here and there photos. But for sure, uh, it'll yeah. be mostly my kid. It'll be kid first this time. No photos. 
So wrapping up a few last questions because this uh, this has been a great live talk, bro. I'm loving yeah. it. <laughs> Hope you're having a good time doing this. I right am. <laughs> kind of got me out of my uh, <laughs> shell. <laughs> so you try to ask these questions. I'm gonna ask some typical stuff again. What's your current gear setup like right now? Uh, my gear right now, I just use the A6 Sony A6400 with. Uh, the 18 to 105 lens and i also have the 70 to 200 but uh that's that's not my lens it's cobra sound so shout out to him too <laughs> lending it to me. i'll give it be uh, giving it back soon <laughs> but yeah it's uh i love the lens the 7200 that's probably what i would be saving for too is that lens i love compression yeah i need the to get compre- that compression I need to get is, that Compression's where it's at. I, I love it. You can have wide all you want, but compression's one of the few shots that I don't see in feeds. And you know, you got to be really distant when you want a, a good uh, compression c- compression shot. You know, it and it takes time too, man. Mm-hmm. It's not just you snap. You got uh, manual focus, all that, and it's not. It's not like you get the. I mean, if you can land, if you're good at manual focus, you can land the first shot for sure. But it's not for me. like a manual focus hard for me. But I practice now, man. Like, uh, especially at night when I do night shots, I yeah. wanna practice more manual than auto because it, it makes so much of a difference. Actually, mm-hmm. I didn't notice it until I started doing it when I got the when I was using the seventy two hundred. Well, seventy two hundred for portraits, it's it's compression. <laughs> Love it. So butter. <laughs> so my next follow up question is that. Uh, a photography experience, good or bad, that you learned the most life lesson from or valuable lesson from? Ooh. I met a dude from Philly. He's an older guy. He was talking about life. And we just got into it, man. <laughs> we got into life and, you know, he was just telling me, like, you're talented to do because he was scrolling my feed and everything. And he was just keep it up. And he was just giving me the most positive lines ever and this his whole aura was just pure kindness man he was a kind dude and he was telling me that do whatever you're doing continue doing it don't go overboard to the point where you're you're gonna be in the market and people just take advantage of you and stuff like that do it for yourself and do it because you love it because the way that i see your photos is there's meaning to it I mean, he was comparing someone else's photo, the same shot, and it looked like it was a flat line to him, and then the other one had a meaning to it, which was my my photos. Like, but to me, in my eyes, they're they're the same shot, dude. The same shot, just different <laughs> condition. Yeah, in different time. But I guess it's just the way how I color blend my my photos too. Uh, my feed is full of color. That I've been trying to find. <laughs> find different like ones to just stay with but two toning is always good but i'm trying to stick to one tone <laughs> but yeah that was that was my greatest like that's one of my like when i was started shooting and that was one of the first people i met too yeah nice. it's it was he was probably in his 60s and he was out there in pier 7 shooting bro shooting that transamerica on his knee, doing the little circle thing, line up with the Transamerica, and talk to me, dude. Like, I don't know where. He tapped <laughs> me in the shoulder, man. He's like, hey, young man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, how you doing? <laughs> yeah. 
Okay, second to last question is that, but like, what is your why? And by like why, I mean like, what's that fundamental like motivation to help you just get out of your bed or like to stay motivated about oh, life? I was and ready for this question. <laughs> um, the why is it is for one i don't want to be a potato like i don't want to stay like you know how i have control of my time yeah i want to keep myself busy i want to shoot every day to develop more skills and also influence others man mm-hmm. and my wife also do put, pushes me sometimes to like get out there and shoot and you know just just to practice and and also enjoy it too man that that's the why uh you for me it's all about life and who and time that you have to you know enjoy because i see people they do the job they sit here play play a couple games here and there i mean i do i play games too but i don't do it during the day Mm -hmm. because you're you're wasting valuable time and it's the best time to shoot even though it's overexposed or whatever just shoot for me i shoot because i you know i love to do that on my downtime it's like after work I, i would shoot and go through the photos especially for street and see like how others are doing and it's just like putting that putting your shoes in their shoes and what they're going through life and try to make it better you know yeah so that is my why like it's just just to inspire everyone to like what i do and it's and the point being is work is not life you have to also enjoy your life too I mean, photography too cannot, you could be a full-time photographer and then you're stressing still. And that the whole point of the photography is just to get out there and enjoy it. That's your outlet to to relax, right? Mm-hmm. I see it that way. That's that's my why. Yeah. I don't know that meets the criteria, no, but no that criteria. is the why, That man. is your why, dude. <laughs> <laughs> that's the why. Last question. Advice for creatives just starting out and and or pushing themselves to the next level what you got for for the people that are starting out it, i'm pretty sure that everyone here heard this line before just go out and shoot every day don't mind what people do and judge about your work because that is your creativity your creativity will bring you somewhere and put you in someone else's hands that love it because people have different tastes so you're not gonna please everyone you know yeah so like yeah i put on my photos all orange and stuff like that and i know people don't like it i don't care because that's just the way i see things but you know it's it's the way how i create and that's how i started and people started liking it you know and for the people who just started man yeah it's either you go all in or you go Go bad. You don't do anything with it, you know. You can't let people talk you down. Just go out there, do your thing, enjoy it, and always take a moment, not just a shot. Just take the moment to breathe and set yourself free for that for that moment when you when you take that shot. And then it it'll be a document of you of that shot there to remind you of what you were doing in that moment or thinking in that moment. It's like a reminder. Nice. Yeah. So, for those who are starting, man, do it for. Don't do it for all the, for the likes, the followers. Do it for yourself, uh, and do it for the enjoyment, for you guys. And then you'll you'll find yourself a, a nice little path, and it'll open to you if you enjoy it more. That's how I see it. 
things will come to you. Don't come to don't don't chase things because you'll you'll fail for sure chasing things. Sagi, thank you so much for being on the podcast, brother. It's great talking with you. Dude, I appreciate you coming out here too, man. Uh, thank you for putting me in the podcast. Dude, of course. And with that, we are out. Thank you for everyone that is listening to the podcast. If you like what you heard, hit that subscribe button. It will mean the world. If you want to chat with me or have a recommendation of a creative to interview, hit me up on my Instagram at thecreatorsmind underscore. Until next time, keep on creating, spread positive vibes, and I'll talk to y'all soon.